So, Alyssa, where are we? We are um, a few feet, <laughs> yards, from the parking lot at a local university. Why are we here? Um, you have taught classes at this local university. Not at the university, a group that was meeting in the space that the university also occupies, yeah. which is how most art works. Mm -hmm. No one would confuse me for a professor <laughs> <laughs> of college. Um, and we both recently saw a show not a few yards from here, but like, you know, a mile from here yeah. at another park. A that, mile and change. Yeah. But this seemed like a more comfy spot. So we're here mm -hmm. to talk about that over there. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> The first I, show that's happened <laughs> all year. And I feel like we're both going to have enough positive things to say about it that I'm comfortable just saying what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think it's the only thing that happened all <laughs> fall. Everyone's going to be like, we know exactly what you're talking about. Why are you avoiding it? So we saw Kentucky Shakespeare do Macbeth in the parking lot mm -hmm. um, of Creason Park. Yeah. So, it was a really well laid out system. It was. Whole, like, all the parking and kind of around and mm -hmm. everything it I mean they always plan well but with all the planning that had to go into it it was really really good yeah and you could tell like production wise they had to do a lot of things that maybe they weren't used to and they really um put in a lot of effort to make that work mm -hmm. and I'm sure part of it was because they needed the buy-in of the city and all yeah. of the forms I'm sure they had to fill out to make that happen, and then also because they needed their audience to buy in as well, and I certainly did. I was not displeased at all with the experience, um, or the production, like... Yeah. For, for what it was, I mean, a drive-in theater experience, yes. it was, I didn't... <clears throat> feel like that took away from the show itself no not really at all and they used what they had mm -hmm. so like they didn't try to do traditional Macbeth while you were in a car like right. they, <laughs> they definitely like leaned into the idea that like they were doing it over radio they used radios in the production um they used like typical sounds from mm -hmm. like a radio and even I didn't listen to all of it because I got there kind of early and I didn't want to drain my battery so I sat with my car for a long time completely off but like the pre-show yeah news reports on mm -hmm. the station like that was all kind of nice have you been to a drive-in movie theater only once I think, I think too yeah one time when I was little right no I went um because Cody had never been so we went and saw Greece. Oh, cut <laughs> the one out in Lagrange. Classic. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, an experience. I don't. He'd never been to a drive-in, and he'd never seen Greece. Wow. So it was. Uh, it was quite a quite an experience. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and Driveception when they're in a drive-in right. in Greece. Wow. What a great film to see in a drive-in. It was very good. I think I saw Mulan when I was really little. Whoa. I feel like that's where I saw Mulan was in the drive-in movie theater. Huh. Um. So, yeah, I've certainly never seen anything in the drive-in live. Oh. <laughs> so, that was interesting. Um, okay. I got very emotional at the end. 
couple of things. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you have stronger emotions attached to that show yes. than I do. Yes. It is a very nostalgic <laughs> show for me. Also, um, because I went by myself and I was in a car where no one could hear me, I was able to say every line that I wanted to out loud. <laughs> And I it's did. like a weird speak-along. <laughs> huh. Literally, at one point, I was saying the line out loud, and the actor fumbled the line, and in my head, I was like, oh no, did I, can they hear me? And I was like, no, you <laughs> Like, um, so one, I was really just living my personal best life. Yeah. <laughs> then, I, I love being in my car. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yes. <laughs> and I used to spend 75% of my day in the car. Like, mm. a lot of time in the car, just driving between jobs. And now I'll go days without hanging out with my car. So, <laughs> it's so much needed time. So, one, a little bit nostalgic. Two, mm-hmm. I'm literally just, like, drinking my chai tea latte and, like, doing all of Macbeth alone in my car. <laughs> so, really, like... That's some serious emotion. Best of all worlds for me. <laughs> and then... Um... But then also just, like... In the end, everyone's, like, blowing their horn and Matt Wallace was up there talking mm. and just about, like... How much that they had tried to, like, do... Th- theater in this time and like how weird it was and how he appreciated that like all of these people came and then people like blew their horns because they had never come to see any Shakespeare thing yeah. before and I was like literally shook to death mm-hmm. that like I don't know someone would go see Shakespeare in the middle of a pandemic in this very bizarre way and seem really excited to be there anyway I started crying I was like literally like very over overfilled with emotion and like yeah. I don't know I don't know when like that's a very obviously a difficult thing to do it, it's 36 degrees right now so it's only gonna get colder mm. people aren't gonna be able to do that again for a long time it makes me sad yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what what the future of theater looks like. And I also think I hadn't seen anything for so long that I, I don't know, just hadn't spent a lot of time, like, thinking about how weird or sad I felt about that. Mm. And then I went to see that, and I was like, oh, no, I do feel really weird and sad about this. And it's, like, a huge part of my life, but it's just gone. Right. Yeah, you don't, it's, it's like you didn't feel the hole until you realized there was something to put in it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, this is completely empty. Yeah. Because as much as, like, you and I have made theater, we've seen so much mm-hmm. stuff together and separately, like... Yeah, it's something I look forward to every spring is going to see all of our, like, students or people we know in all yeah. their spring performances. And it's like, oh, we've got this show coming up which could be terrible but I don't care it's it's that's not the point it's that I want to go support people in their stuff and I don't know that's part of what my whole my little one act that I wrote was all about it's like it's Mm -hmm. getting out of your head for five seconds and 
being totally engrossed in some other story. And I think, like, it's also, yeah, like, something that we've done together. Like, mm-hmm. this student is doing this thing here. Like, when can you go? I'm going to go see this student in this yeah. thing. Like, so while this is a substitute for that, and honestly, we probably see each other more now than we did before. <laughs> not the same yeah it's not the same it's very bizarre and sad and um I don't know yeah I want to like thank them for doing it Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it was not easy I'm sure they had like a ton of things that they had to work around that they normally wouldn't have to think about and like they absolutely did not have to right um I don't know did you is this just like a me thing did you feel emotional watching it or more at the end when everyone started honking yeah I think no I think that definitely the end of it like just the same thing where you heard there were a lot of people who had not been to a Shakespeare in the Park before. I was yeah. like, really? There's st- First of all, there's still people that haven't been to that <laughs> in Louisville. That's cool. It's free in the park. You paid right. for this Exactly. But yeah, that people are willing to go out and try this weird thing <laughs> because there's not a whole lot else to do or because they really wanted to. It doesn't really matter. Um but I was very surprised um, yeah. how many horns there were for that particular question. Um, yeah. I don't think that I get quite as emotional about that story yeah. as you do, which is fair. I also, there were a few times where I was like, oh, I remember how that looked in the high school performance. Let's talk about so that. So that was second. that was interesting cuz that that's kind of one of those memories that I don't you don't pull I don't I don't pull that out very often. I don't either. Yeah. Look. I do not do that. Let's be oh, fair. I don't either. But they're readily available to me when the situation is like I remember this. Right. So the fair Oh, man. For me, one, I'm always shocked about how much of Macbeth I actually know, hmm. um, even outside of my own part. Like, I know a lot of that show, and it is a little freaky to me, hmm. because I don't remember anything. So why is most of Macbeth still floating around in my head? Yeah. Enough to be able to, like, lip sync to it essentially <laughs> without looking exactly. ridiculous I don't understand that mm-hmm. number one and then number two I think I sort of think that that vibe is what our high school production was going for yeah oh I, I didn't even think about that mm-hmm. and it okay. did not commit fully no to what it was trying to be and so it just looked I mean it looked like the D-list version of that which I can readily accept and like would be more than fine to be the D-list version of Jennifer Pennington like it's fine (laughs) that's still pretty good still really good (laughs) 
So I'm very happy I'm with that. Pretty sure that the high school Macbeth happened around the same time that my brother was in his um, making everything out of duct tape phase, and he made an, a set of armor out of blue and silver duct tape, and I just have forever connected those two things <laughs> because some of the costumes also mm. looked like they had been made by my brother in his mm-hmm. weird duct tape face. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I think yeah. I think that our production was going for like post apocalyptic. Right. And kind of this like universal society mm-hmm. feeling. Um which is giving it a lot of credit it probably does not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> That's my okay. If I and have to analyze the it, the effort does count to, <laughs> for something. <laughs> I loved the set. I still love that set. Like mm. I hated walking on it in four inches. I was gonna say that's surprising to me. Um, but it is very much my aesthetic. Yes. Like, yeah, it was incredibly minimal. Mm-hmm. It just allowed you guys to move in the space freely. That was really nice. Yeah, which I really enjoy. Um, so that's nice. I was a big fan of that. Um, I was, um, yeah, I don't know. This vibe was, like, very, it's currently the apocalypse. Right. And, like, we're currently working on that issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is very fitting for the time right. that we are in. Yeah. And it allowed them to, I mean, really fully integrate the whole masks concept yeah. and all of that stuff, which made, I don't know, I think some people want to ignore it or, like, create the theater without all that stuff, but just integrating it made it just feel more, like, I don't know, we're, we're using what we've got instead of trying to avoid all the issues. Yeah, and I, I was really interested in the use of space too because not that many folks are very close to each other. Mm-hmm. So like even in scenes where traditionally I would imagine, you know, characters would be closer together, they would right. be standing, um, talking more intimately. They kept distance, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um. And, like, not everyone has the resources to do this, obviously. But I do think leaning in a bit is is interesting. And I think if I went to see a a live performance where there were a bunch of people on stage and there was no social distancing, I think I would feel a low level of anxiety, Mm -hmm. even if I believed that they had, like, been safe, people had been tested, quarantined, whatever. Right. Do you ever have the dream where you're, like, in a crowded space in the pandemic? I have not had that really? one. No. I've had this dream, like, three times. Really? Yes. The first time I was in a movie theater, and then all of a sudden they, like, pulled up the screen, and it was, like, a show, and they kept trying to get me to come up on the stage. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and I was, like, you have to get away from me. Right. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> and then the most, I can't remember the second one, but I know I've had a, uh, one in between, but the most recent one was like a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, I just went to this party and the whole time I was like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be hmm. here. And then I literally woke up feeling like I needed to call my family and apologize to them. And I was like, right. I didn't actually do that. <laughs> right. 
but it, it feels real it does in the feel dream. Real. Yep. I have that dream mm-hmm. all the time. Your your uh, stress presents itself in different ways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I oh. do tend to have anxiety dreams, so that's fair. Oh. Yeah, but I just think I would feel nervous if I saw a show where everyone was just like mm-hmm. totally maskless. There were more than eight people total, and like they were not distancing themselves, right? In any understandable way. Okay. Man. Couple of content things. Okay. All right. One, they didn't do my favorite line. Aww. Which is a dumb favorite line to have in Macbeth. <laughs> I want to I know preface. you were wondering about the whole Porter situation and everything. Yes. So, yeah. I thought it was, they, I mean, some of those lines that they, like, pre-recorded, right. those are Porter lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. My favorite line is a Macbeth line. It's, um during the dinner party scene and he looks to Banquo and he says something like approach style like a rugged Russian bear <laughs> and I don't know why it's I really enjoy that it's a line. really good image <laughs> yes <laughs> I like a what <laughs> loved that line in um in our production I really liked the way the guy playing Macbeth said it I don't know why it sticks in my head all the time, and I was really looking forward to it, and I didn't do it, so it's very sad. <laughs> but I understand. I mean, they cut Macbeth to an hour and ten right. minutes, Right, I was going to so. say, most of the things were a little clipped. Respect. Yeah. Um, and they did most of that dinner party scene, mm-hmm. which I is one of my favorite Shakespeare scenes in all of the mm-hmm. canon, so respect. Um, but the most two two interesting things one um and i've certainly seen this before was uh, like a voiceover of macbeth reading his own letter out loud when typically lady macbeth reads it right i'm a little bit biased the women have so little to do (laughs) let her read the letter, like, let me go through the emotional journey with her, especially audibly, it's dark, like, for me, she's up on that thing, like, not everyone can see her super well, it's the introduction to her character, let me hear her read it, so it's a little bit annoyed by that. I will say to that, though, sometimes, especially if they were trying to engage an audience who apparently half of the two nights we went has not seen Shakespeare. Letter, we've talked about yeah. letters before. It's hard. Letters Those are, are hard. really difficult to portray without it just becoming a, a poetry reading or something. Like, That's it's just, fair. that that can be a lot, especially for, for newbies to yeah. that style. And to 100% understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Fine. <laughs> I understand your point and I accept. Okay, two... Um, Lady Macduff, so typically she has a kid who says some of those lines. Right. So she was doing both sides of that conversation. How did you feel? I thought for what she had to do, she did it well. Agreed. Um, Yeah. It works better with a kid, obviously. That's why it was written that way. Which I totally understand why they didn't have a kid. Right. Like, it's freezing, it's pandemic, it's... Yeah. hard to get a kid to commit to that I'm sure right 
Um, but like, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was confusing. Even for I a second, I was like, isn't this supposed to be a kid? Mm. The way that I read it, I feel like she came across as just kind of like starting to lose it. Which, so that's, that's understandable. That's right. Like, in the situation, she's got nowhere to go. She's got this useless man who comes in and tells her, it's going to be fine, and then leaves. Um, <laughs> they sent me to tell you. Oh, my gosh. I, that was one of my favorite parts because he was so annoying. Oh, it was yeah. like, that was perfect. You came in, you did nothing useful, and you left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was and great. And her reaction to it was fabulous. Yeah, like, I thought I she did a really good job. Yeah, worked just because it felt like she was kind of falling into, like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. This is hopeless. And so me and this kid are just going to, I don't know. I, I thought that it worked just because she was playing it kind of kind of crazy. Kind of crazy is never my favorite, but... <laughs> It worked, I For thought. what she had to do, I I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I almost exclusively have seen Lady Macduff played as, like, kind of a steely resolved hmm. to her situation. And so to see it played differently is super interesting. Yeah. And then to, on top of that kind of be having both sides of the conversation by yourself is a tough job always. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought she did good. And I just think it's an interesting interpretation of how to... Well, one, I'm glad they kept her. Right. Because <laughs> there's a version of this where they don't, and I would have been really upset. But then two, like, I'm glad that they recognized, like, the importance of the scene and that which, of course, they did. But then, like, that also, since we can't have this kid, we still mm-hmm. want this conversation. Right. Because um, I suppose there's a world where you can keep her and cut the conversation. Yeah, I mean, we kind of gotten the point across. We know Dad bailed, and mm. I'm alone. So, yeah, there is there is a, a version where... And, like, just, what am I going to do with these kids? Exactly. Where yeah. you just leave it at that, and then the murderers show up right there. I mean, there nothing, in my opinion, beats the feeling I had the first time I saw Kentucky Shakespeare do this scene, and they left that kid alone on stage with the murderers, mm. which was yeah chilling. Um, I mean, this time they, like threw that baby doll down which I personally did not think was as chilling (laughs) right but it's hard yeah with like where they're at I don't know if you were where you were in relation to that happening that you were able to see it or not um the the murderer holding the baby wound up on the far stage left for or well yeah far stage right Mm -hmm. from where I was he was right in front of me Oh, really? Which is probably why I didn't find it effective. That makes sense. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. No, we were pretty, we were like one row back, so uh, there was enough space that we could um, pretend a little bit more, I think, from a distance sometimes. Yeah, Um, definitely. It's just easier when there's a little bit of space for the the violence to make a little less sense. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like he literally threw the thing and walked down the stairs, which were directly in front of my car, so... Not his fault at all. <laughs> sure. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Okay. When 
when you saw it, the messenger that came in to tell her. Okay, okay, so <laughs> she, so she did it right. About. So she didn't put on a hat. All right, I was wondering if that was a costume change issue or if that was definitely on purpose. I think it's on it purpose. It was definitely on purpose. Okay, which I thought is so. amazing to me. I really loved that. I loved it. It's my favorite thing that uh-huh. I have ever seen someone do unique to their production. Because mm-hmm. how many times have I seen this show? Right. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> I've also watched many online, like, recorded versions, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the movie version several times. So, okay, Lady Macbeth comes to warn Lady Macduff mm-hmm. that she needs to get out of there, which is great on so many levels. Number one, a Lady Macbethless act for terrible. <laughs> I don't want to be rude to Shakespeare. <laughs> it was a mistake. Act four of Macbeth is tough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of important things that happen. I recognize this. But man, oof, oi. It's just like, it's a lot of exposition. Which like, I wish had happened differently. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I don't know how to fix it. But, like, um, I thought they did a nice job of pre-recording some of those conversations. Yeah. Of, of using transition time to tell some story. Oh, that was really nice. This is a Shakespeare problem. Yeah. Act 4 is no, a Shakespeare problem. No, there was no dead problem. space at all mm-hmm. in the whole, no, they did great. The whole hour and a half. <laughs> Um, yeah, it it was speedy. I even thought that I had read that at some point they were gonna like take a break so people could turn their cars on or something. And I must have misread that in the email because I was like, where would you put a break? I think that might have been a concern, but then they um, they got like a battery jumper oh, situation okay. that was in their like FAQs cool. thing. So gotcha. I figure they solved that issue mm-hmm. differently. Which, uh, better, I yeah. would say. <laughs> right. Like, keep it moving. But, um, yeah, I think putting her in to act for is mm-hmm. very interesting. We see him telling her, like, don't, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of all of this stuff, and you don't have to know till you tell me how amazing and great and smart I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's not dumb. Right. <laughs> like, this was her plan all along. So, of course she knows what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super interesting that the character, who is typically presented as the more, like, cold calculating of the two of them, is the one who's going behind his back to try to thwart him or fix it or clean up after herself. Right. Um, which typically you don't see. So I don't, I hope it wasn't. Like a, we were trying to make that, her be that, in a costume That had change. to have been on purpose. They're not sloppy like that no. at all. So, had to have been on purpose. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I was very excited by that. Yeah. And it was so, she played it so under, too. It wasn't like, I'm coming up and I'm a lady Right, Macbeth. making a big like, deal about it. It was nope. so casual, isn't the word, because it was an urgent moment for her. But, like... 
she she played it in a way that if you weren't paying attention you could totally miss Mm -hmm. let's talk witches okay you start I don't know where to start but I feel like I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) gas masks always remind me of elephants so we can start there Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, that's Sweet. completely unrelated, but you know. Um, I think I'm not artsy enough to understand why they kept coming back. I Is like that I'm, fair? I don't know. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is super fair. I, yeah, like I, I feel think, like I should feel a certain way about them continuing to come back and like that I should see the pattern and the theme throughout. And I, I know the themes and I know like I, I know the all the stuff but I felt like the music and the recurring it I guess it felt more like devilish than any that I've ever Mm -hmm. seen like very like you know the witches are supernatural but Mm -hmm. that's like more demonic yes Mm -hmm. yeah kind of a like like devil on your shoulder but like the really really creepy kind not Kronk in Emperor's New Groove (laughs) like yikes did any of them come up to your car no, they did walk by a couple times, but I, I like, saw them by, because yeah. I, I knew that was going to, yeah. like, them walking through, there's no way they don't interact with the cars. Have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, so, I feel like I get the point, right? It's, like, each time that these, like, moments where you could the decision could break one way or the other the witches are coming back and are they actively forcing right choice i mean is that what we're supposed to take away hi i don't know um are they like just there to remind us that this is inevitable yeah right are they playing the the part of fate or Mm -hmm. attempt like hmm. and um so one couple of things one in the is this a dagger scene Mm -hmm. i think that them coming back it's like I was interested by it, but I was also a little bit distracted by it. Yeah. Like, are they really showing him a dagger? Because to me, that sort of takes away from, he can't see the dagger. Right. So, I don't know. Confusing. Mm, a little bit distracting. But it also adds to the creepy, so I don't think I'm 100% mad at it. And I wasn't feeling like he was really interacting with them. No, so, he wasn't. So, but I don't I mean, think that, you were which, ever which supposed is, to think that. He I'm not could sure if that's better them. or worse. I don't know either. <laughs> because, like, then they're definitely a distraction because they're just on stage with a man performing a soliloquy, which is right. just kind of confusing. A soliloquy. Exactly. So. It's, yeah. Confusing. But like, part two, and this was nature, so not their fault. But I don't know how windy it was the night that you went, but it was pretty windy the oh, night I that I was there. I didn't think about that. And they pull out those yeah. um, cloths or whatever, and I caught it a couple of times, so tell me if I'm wrong. But you're supposed to see, like, the baby and the old yeah. person. Okay. They couldn't, couldn't, couldn't see it at see all. It. I was like... That sucks. 
I was like, that's a little bit confusing. Why are they doing that? Because they were, like, blowing. No, it worked and really then, well the night we went. Okay, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. The And then one of them moved a little bit and, like, caught the edge of the tapestry blanket, whatever, mm-hmm. in between their legs mm-hmm. and was holding it. And, yeah. Which, smart, good job. When we went, they were stepping on it. So the, that was what they were trying to do, but trying to flip it out and then step on it, that was just technically very difficult. Yeah. I, I don't know if they missed or yeah. if someone told them not to do that or not to try anymore or what, mm-hmm. but, like, I didn't see anyone do that. Or maybe my guy was just struggling because yeah. the way I was angled, I couldn't see much of anyone else. Yeah. That's got to so be So I'm assuming it was, like, a gobo project or a projection onto... Probably. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they that, had the picture of Banquo, the baby, the like an, uh, old, person, an old man. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that scene, I've seen done so many different ways. I saw one where it was like decapitated heads. That was mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know. I don't love that scene, personally. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, it's already, like, a high bar of clearance for me to be super engaged in it. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle, which was not their fault at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it took something away that they were clearly trying to communicate to us. Yeah. Um... Yeah, if that doesn't work, it's very, very confusing very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was really nothing to be done about that, though. No. I mean, what are they supposed to do? So I think that, like, I don't know. I like... I like the idea, like so many of Shakespeare's plays, that... He tells you what's going to happen and then actively tries to get you to fight against it. And then it ends exactly the way he told you it would anyway. Right. That doesn't bother me, really. And having the witches come back sort of reinforces that, I guess. So in that way, it's more like fate. Yeah, you don't have control. They don't have control. Right. Um, but I think, I don't know, the point sort of is, like, the, the deeper thing to think about is, would it have happened this way anyway? Mm. With or without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bringing them back takes away a little bit of that thought process, I guess. But I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think especially if, again... You've got a shortened version, and you're trying to lead the story. They kind of make, like... There's just less questions that way, I guess. Very true. It kind of simplifies the story. Like, no, this is where we're headed. This is where we're headed, even when they're questioning if that's what they really want to do. We've got one path ahead of us. And... To that point, I mean, we talked about this just in, in a sense of timing, but, like, mm-hmm. it helps the, you're right, like, it helps the pacing of, like, we're clipping along, yeah. this is what's gonna happen. That's interesting. Okay. Let's talk about the fighting. 
Okay. What were those weapons at the end? <laughs> it looked like kind of like a orb. scythe, but an oar, but also Cody called a it a bow, a bow staff, but with a sword on it, which is bad. Very confusing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I didn't even think about it that maybe they didn't want to do like up close hand to hand because yeah. social distancing. Wow. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. The design was, yeah, the, the, the weapon was a little confusing, but um, I get the point, and the point is valid. I think, I mean, it had to have some kind of sharp edge. He's got to cut his head off. Yep. It had to be long. They got to stay separate. So there's really not a lot of options. Okay. Because, I mean, a pike doesn't work. That's just stabby. <laughs> and it's really not sword fighting. It's not a bow staff because that has no point at all. Yeah, I wasn't mad about it. I yeah. was just like... I have no idea what that's called. Someone can like, probably tell us. What but. is this supposed to be? And then I thought, like, okay, maybe, like, it's apocalyptic. They've just fashioned them out of something, mm. and this is, like, a common... This is the weapon of the world. day. <laughs> I wish that they had showed them to us a little bit before. Oh, like, that's a good idea. Yeah, I would have thought of that. Give me a couple of people right. with this thing so that I'm, like, used to the idea of it. Um, yeah. And maybe they did, and I missed it. I don't. But was, if anything, it would have been at the very, very beginning. I right. feel like somebody had a staff, but I think they I just thought it was a staff. Yeah. So that was... Well, he had that staff with, like, a skull on it. Right. Yes. That one was fine and allowed for distance, like, for, like, oh, yes, oh, great, mm-hmm. Macbeth and all of that yeah. stuff. That that worked really well. Definitely, definitely. But I agree, though, having the weapon sooner would have been good. Yeah, just, like, introduce me to the idea of this weird right. thing I've never seen before. Or if, like, one of the murderers had had it and, mm-hmm. like, used it to, to even just basically, like, very limited use, but just yeah. to have it, that might have been good. Um, but who knows? I mean, trading around props, how many of those they had, they probably didn't want sure. them to interact very much, like, yikes. And also, they're very long, and they yeah. have to stay underground in that very short space, so, yeah. like, <laughs> probably didn't want to take them in and out too much. I read a while ago this, like, book about different death theories of, like, Shakespeare's big dyers, <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll come up with it in a minute. Um, but one was that, like, Macbeth allows himself to die. Hmm. Like, he's supposed to be a much better fighter than Macduff. Yeah. He just gets this, like, terrible news about his wife. And then he even says, like, I don't know exactly how the line goes, but, like, he's talking to Macduff. They're about to fight. And yeah. he's, like, something, something on he who cries hold enough. Mm. Like, basically, like, we're not going to call this. Yeah. There's no, there's no end to this where somebody doesn't die. Right. Okay. And I just think that that's, I don't know, interesting. Yeah. Because, I don't know, there was a little bit of, which, I mean, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is a little bit of this anyway, so you sort of have this feeling anyway of, like, defeat. Right. Um... And especially with, again, the witches being used throughout, mm-hmm. he's got this, like, 
super strong feeling of fate, like that, that my life has, has a termination and I've been unable to thwart it and it's too late. And he knows um, that they've given him this very specific proclamation that right. no man of woman born shall harm Macbeth. And then immediately he learns that that's not Macduff's situation, which right. we can argue about how that's a ridiculous ending <laughs> off table. <laughs> but, like, finding that out, is it, like, I, I don't know. In this version, it made me think of reading that because you didn't get a sense of, like, um... I didn't think the actor played it with, like, a sense that he was really gonna, like, give it his all to try to kill Macduff. Yeah. Personally. It was not the vibe I had. That's fair. No, I mean, it was kind of like a tapering off of energy mm-hmm. from the moment that he finds out about Lady Macbeth. It's like Which I will also say, like, he's been fighting, 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 mm-hmm. and we take out, you, you took... They took. They had to. They took out some of the like, some of the stuff that gives him a little bit more of a build right. of the fighting. And I can also just see like a version of this where like you're grateful to put down your weird long stick with a pointy. Let's <laughs> just end this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I feel like this area is getting busier. It is getting busier. So, should probably end this. We should end this. Um, I don't know, what do we want to, what do we want to know from people? Um, what thing has made you weirdly emotional during quarantine? Ooh, that's good. Have you had the, I'm in a crowded space dream? Yeah. So you can email that to us uh, at uncertaintheater at gmail.com and it's u-n-c-e-r-t-a-i-n-t-h-e-a-t-r-e at gmail.com or you can text us or call us to leave a voicemail at <laughs> and then I gave the wrong number. <gasps> what, in, what number did you give? <laughs> Someone that's called us before. Hilarious. So we have to cut that. Okay, I'll bleep it. Okay. All right, give us the real one. 502-627-0296. I'm going to memorize that this week. I believe in you. So I don't have to look it up anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, We're going to see how this goes for the next couple of weeks, because it's getting very cold. Very quickly. Um, <laughs> so have any part- ideas about parking lots that are warm... <laughs> And parking garages don't count. So much echo. You don't want to hear that. We don't want to do that. Warm parking lots. Yes, please. We're going to think about it. We'll work on that. (laughs) All right. Okay, bye. Bye.